time for the rural news with Susan Murray in Kirikiriroa. Kia ora, Susan and farmers have had a chance this morning to question the government more about its on-farm emissions proposals. Good afternoon, Marnie. The Ministry for Primary Industries and the Ministry for the Environment is holding a series of webinars on how the emissions reducing proposal will affect farmers. They released a consultation document last week and farmer reaction has been largely negative, with some claiming they'll have to cut their herd numbers in order to pay for the levies. Farmers today were keen to ask why sheep and beef farmers are more affected by the proposal than other sectors. A principal analyst at the Ministry for the Environment, Cara Locke, explains why. And the reason why sheep and beef are disproportionately impacted is that there are less mitigation options available for, for sheep and beef farmers, particularly those extensive operations. And therefore, in terms of the tools in the toolbox, there's just not as many options for them to actually reduce their emissions. I think the other big part of that is looking at their profitability in comparison, particularly to dairy farmers, that they often have sort of a lower profitability. So their ability to pay for their emissions is also sort of lower than, say, a, an intensive dairy farm. Cara Locke says she understands the emissions pricing will significantly affect some farmers, but says New Zealand has to act to meet its internationally agreed emissions reduction target. Meanwhile, some farmers wanted more detail on the modelling around the split gas levies. A chief advisor at the Ministry for the Environment, Martin Workman, says the science behind the scheme is sound. There's been modelling undertaken and it's described in, in the discussion document that you can find on our, our website and a lot of information is there. Um, so please take the time to, to check that out. So that modelling shows that under a, a number of pricing scenarios, so the discussion document or the proposals don't set the price, don't come out with a proposed price. So these are just scenarios. And they set out how um, what's proposed through this modelling would help meet the emissions targets for methane in particular. Martin Workman. Consultation on the government's proposal closes a month from today with final proposals going to ministers for approval next year. Meanwhile, the rural action group Groundswell is expecting a good turnout to its protest on Thursday. They're calling on the government to drop the idea of an on-farm emissions tax altogether. Groundswell's encouraging people to gather in the middle of the four main cities to let the government know they're not going to take it. Group co-founder Laurie Patterson says farmers are fed up. Uh, well, we want the government uh, to drop it, to stop the taxing farmers uh, really for methane. You'll notice that while the government says, oh gee, we're world, you know, we're world leaders and we're going to be first and all the other countries will follow, Australia Prime Minister has already said they won't be taxing their farms at all. So New Zealand is simply going to be sitting out there on their own, reducing food production. And when we do that, that simply means that the methane produced will be produced in another country that's less efficient than New Zealand. Laurie Patterson says the government's own proposals outlines the significant effects the emissions tax would have on rural communities, so it doesn't make sense to be pushing forward with the idea. 
The Rural Services Company, PGG Wrightson, says the overall economic outlook for agriculture sector is positive, but there are mixed signals. The firm's just provided a trading update ahead of its shareholders' meeting, which puts the company forecast operating earnings for 20 to 2023 to be around $62 million, down from $67.2 million the previous year. PGW Independent Director Sarah Brown says farmer confidence remains negative, but on balance the company is cautiously optimistic about the year ahead. Consumers in export countries want high quality and safe food that our farmer and grower clients export. Both beef and spring lamb schedules are forecast to remain positive and dairy commodity pricing strong. However, we've seen a cool and wet start to spring and in some areas late season frosts. Farmer concerns regarding the proposed agricultural emissions scheme and other regulation are also negatively impacting on farm sentiment. All these factors are contributing to increased levels of uncertainty. Overall though, we consider the macroeconomic indicators for the New Zealand agricultural sector remain positive. Sarah Brown and PGG writes and says its rural real estate sector has had a successful year with strong sales volumes. It's not just New Zealanders dealing with inflationary pressures on food prices. In Australia, there are predictions fruit and veggie prices will leap up in the wake of the floods in New South Wales and Victoria, and this is on top of inflation already at decade-high levels. The floods have caused widespread damage across prime cropping and horticultural areas, bringing warnings of large increases in prices. Prue Millgate farms in Victoria's northwest. It's killing stock in some paddocks, it's washing away crops, it's washing out roads, so dairy farmers are unable to get milk tankers in, so their milk is having to be poured out and emptied. Uh, This isn't a short-term problem. I just want people to be aware that, you know, if it continues to rain, the crop losses will only get worse. If the, you know, we get another 70 mil this week, we'll probably get another flood. If we get another 70 mil next week, we'll probably get another flood. Unfortunately, we've just got to ride it out. Victoria farmer Prue Millgate. A charitable trust that helps farmers to prepare for severe weather events says there needs to be more investment in disaster readiness. The Farmers Adverse Events Trust, a charity offshoot of Federated Farmers, helps rural communities respond to severe weather events and clean up afterwards. Its chair, William Rolston, says the charity is supported, but more funding could go a long way. It needs to make sure that it is well prepared before any adverse event happens and that you know we don't repeat the mistakes of the past. Um, we learn from every adverse event. Um, you know, GPS mapping and, and how we record that information is the GPS mapping. I mean, we did that in the, in the Kaikoura earthquake and it made a, a massive difference. You could see exactly where help was needed and where help was coming from. Uh, it, was quite, it was quite interesting. In fact, you could trace the fault line down the, the marks where the help was wanted, and on either side it was people were offering help. You know, it was a great, it was a great outcome. Dr William Rolston. And that's the rural news for today. Koia rā te purongo o te taiwhenua. Kia ora, Susan.